dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pass the Mic, dynamic voices for a diverse church, powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BurnsClan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me today is The Witness BCC's vice president, the incredible author of the book, I Won't Shut Up. Finding your voice when the world tries to silence you. You already know who it is. It's Ali Henney. Ali, what's going on? Hey, I'm doing all right. Can you explain to me why Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have invaded my sports highlights? Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'll try to give you this the short version of this. I'm doing this because I know you're from Missouri. Yes. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. But I feel like there's a connection with what we do and kind of we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, but we'll get to that. Why. We'll get to that. So I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version of it. So first of all, Travis Kelsey is the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Full disclosure, I grew up in Missouri. I grew up in the Kansas City area. I am not a Chiefs fan for a lot of reasons. I have lots of respect for Pat Mahomes. I believe in Pat Mahomes. He's caused me to believe in Chiefs football once again. See, this is interesting. I didn't know you weren't a fan. I am not a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs because they were terrible for a very long time. They they broke my little eight-year-old heart in 1993 in the AFC playoffs. We had Joe Montana as our quarterback hmm. and we could not even make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And there were lots of years there was a, there was a year where we went I think like 10 and 0 whenever I was in high school. Wow. So like I grew up listening to Chiefs football. Um I've had a, I have a cousin I'm, or not well I guess she is my cousin. I call her my aunt. She is my cousin um who was a Chiefs cheerleader I believe at one wow. point. Okay. Um so like so this Chiefs is deep. So this is this is deep for this is deep for me. And and so you're a Pat Mahomes fan. Obviously people know he's won multiple MVPs, Super Bowls, and then his favorite target of of really the entire tenure, I guess, in terms of longevity, has been his tight end, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been a safety valve, kind of yeah. the guy that he'll throw to. You know, if he can't get anybody else open, he'll throw it to Travis Kelsey. And he is one of the best tight ends they, in the NFL. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the the trio of Pat Mahomes, of Travis Kelsey, and then at one point, um, Tyreek, and then yeah, of course you know, he Kill. went to go yeah. he went to go play uh for the Miami Dolphins. But yeah, is that that's big and that's and that's deep for Kansas City fans. I'm a Steelers fan, go Steelers, Steelers Nation. But anyway, that's a whole other story um as to why I'm a Steelers fan and not a Chiefs fan anymore. But the Chiefs have had, I can't even call it a renaissance because they were never good. Right. Um, but now some people are, are using the D word in, yeah, in describing. Yeah, like so a dynasty, it feels like it, it feels like they're always going to be in contention. Yeah. It feels like as long as Pat Mahomes is there, they're always going to be. And Andy Reid as the coach, yeah, we, can't, Reed, we can't forget about Andy Reid. You know, and, and, and Romeo Cornell and others. Like, it's just, it seems like it's just real right on the edge of that dynasty. But, you know, it's interesting. It's Travis Kelsey is one of those, one of those guys that's always been in that little space of um, curiosity in the public. Yeah. Because he is of, of, of white descendancy and heritage, 
yet seems to portray himself a little, you know, kind of like, like a light skin, little, little seasoning, light, light skin, light skin black man, like not yeah. like like he like he try like that's you know not nothing against light skin black dudes, but like he trying to slide in as as a light skin black dude a little just a little just bit. a little bit just a, just, a, just a little bit. So it's a big so it's a big deal. This is the reason why we've been hearing about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and all that is first of all because nothing happens in Kansas City besides besides football true, now true, 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 true. um so the fact that a 12 time grammy award winning uh singer would be at arrowhead stadium and not for like a concert or something like that that's a really big deal like kansas right. city is like a small is like a small town right so it's like it's a really big deal that somebody that famous and people like from kansas city always want to like claim adjacency to famous people so like paul rudd uh he lived he was from kansas because kansas mm. city is not in kansas it is in missouri it's not kansas city it's kansas city and it's in missouri for those who don't know if you want want to get in a fight with a person from missouri just say that kansas city is in kansas you will get a, you will get a lot of vitriol and hatred from that but anyway um so like paul rudd is from is from Can- the kansas city area um oh gosh what's that dude what's that dude's name i can't think like long street over street stone street eric stone street oh, okay yeah i was like that's I was, how you remember things that was that was incredible <laughs> i was i was remembered, stone, yeah, i just remember that it, that okay, it was street okay. up in the names so i was like what's this dude's name but yeah yeah eric, like stone street that dude there are several uh mary j blige i think like was born there or like lived there for so minute. that's Janelle the Monet. Yeah, Janelle Monet. Janelle, and she Mary was from Jane. Kansas City, yep. Kansas. But like there so there's this whole thing. So any so anytime that the, that anything is going on with famous people and they have just like a minute connection connection to Kansas City, people in the area go wild yeah. for this. So you have Taylor Swift showing up to a Chiefs football game. And so at this point there was speculation and maybe rumor that her and Travis Kelsey were going out. Like whenever right. she was at the, uh, she, cause she had just had a tour stop in Kansas city and he had tried to give her his number and all this other type of stuff. And was, you know, he was trying, he was trying to holler at Taylor right. basically. And then apparently he invited her to the game. It was like, okay, you were, you were at Arrowhead now come see how I treat Arrowhead. You know that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, like, it was see, one. Of the, see which one is more lit. Like, like, whatever, like come like see, you know, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and even that, even that phraseology. Come, come like, see my city. Yeah, you know? see which one is more lit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like what you know. What was wild about this too is this 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 change is Travis Kelsey and his brother. You know, so you have mm-hmm. you have Travis Kelsey and you have his brother who plays for the Eagles, and you like these people don't look like they're anything alike at all. They, like. Obviously, you can see the resemblance, but the way in which they're presenting themselves is night and day difference. Yeah, there's complete difference. The the brother, and I'm sorry, I can't remember that man's name. Sorry to that man. Um, Ke- was it Kevin? I don't know what is what Jason, is David? Jason, Jason, Jason. I don't know. I just knew it was some millennial name. Sorry, sorry to that man. Um, but he kind of presents himself kind of like almost kind of lumberjacky, you know, big mm-hmm. like big beard, big full unkempt beard. Yeah. He's you know, he's a big burly kind of lumberjack kind of dude. And then, like I said, I mean, Travis was kind of presenting himself like. Like, oh hey, I'm trying to pass for a light skinned black man. I got my I got my my beard all you like beard lined up. Beard lined up. Got uh, the fade. fade all lined up. Got the got the diamond. The diamond. You know you know dating black women. You dating know. black women. I mean swag like swag different. 
I mean, he definitely, I, I saw, I can't say that I can't take credit for this, but somebody said that uh, Travis Kelsey went from being Paul Wall to Paul Blart Malcolm. <laughs> yo, yo. And that's, that's wild. That, and, and it, but it, but, but, yo. It's, but it's true. Okay, so talk about this. So Taylor goes to the game, and then when she goes to the game, I'm seeing endless highlights of her next to his mom, screaming, hollering, you know, jumping up and down, high-fiving her friends. And I'm personally like, why am I getting updates on this on my ESPN? Like, why is my ESPN updating me on Taylor Swift? Like, I don't understand. And it was not just one or two. It was multiple updates. And then what struck me was after the game, Travis Kelsey walks out of the locker room with her. And his brother looks totally different than what I had seen him as. Now the beard gone. Now he got a mustache. He got a mustache. I'm yeah. like, what's going on? Fade, like, fade ain't fading. Fade no is more. not fading anymore. Like I said, well, wait a second. Is this a transformation? It is. Like, is he return? Is this like, is this like the 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 white version of Sankofa? Like, is he coming back? To- <laughs> Is he going back? Is he going back? Like we gotta, we gotta call this. We gotta call it something. If it's not Sankofa, like what is it? Is is he going on that pilgrimage? What's happening here? He changed overnight. He did. Like. He did. And you know, this change is a change that happens a lot of times with black, or excuse me, with white men who. And I guess I shouldn't even call it white man because really it's it's white people who have adjacency or who try to get some adjacency to blackness where they have that for a while. And then for whatever reason, there's some sort of thing that flips and all of a sudden blackness or having that they they use blackness Mm. to get cool and then once they kind of have a little bit of cool have a little bit of for want of a better word street cred once that happens then they just kind of go back to to being to being white and you know i call this specific type of white person not just the going back but like the the being adjacent to blackness i personally like refer to them as cookout whites um okay we gotta break this down because obviously we all know the quote-unquote infamous hypothetical cookout that people get invited to where if someone does something that at all identifies with our culture a white person we say oh they're invited to the cookout they're invited now let me just tell you something right now we don't have no cookout invites we not handed out cookout invites so if you came to pass the mic or you came to the witness and you're like who's going can i get a cookout no there is you have your own events like it's okay like this is it's fine you don't need an invitation okay so that's like a a thing i just want to put off to the side because it's a very very annoying thing whenever i hear people say this because it's almost as though there they have to have some sort of adjacency to us for us to to treat them legitimately you know like yeah. oh, okay and i'm like why are we feeling this pressure they're just human beings they like our culture like what what you know it's a weird exchange even because it's like we will give people invites to the cookout i'm so tired of the cookout y'all like i don't even like if we were actually having a cookout i just wouldn't go because people of have, course because people have exhausted me so much with it but it's like if somebody shows like a modicum modicum i'm not sure how you pronounce that word it's a word that i write but don't but don't often say um but if you had just a little bit of swagger yeah all of a sudden it's oh a scintilla a a scintilla an iota of infinitesimal amount it's like oh yeah he he invited to the cookout well she she invited to the cookout oh yeah she can blah, blah 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 and it's like 
why why are we why are we doing this why is this a, why is this a thing and i and i agree you know the whole element of like can't people just be people and like you have you you're friends with them you like them or whatever but yeah there's this there's definitely this aspect of you know somebody they can a white man can dance a little bit oh he's invited to the hookout right like right. is that is that really like because what because bucky what the barnes you know right it's like <laughs> winter soldier you know he's invited to wakanda you know it's yeah, like, gosh. and you know and i feel like that it's that it feels like that the bar is so low sometimes for us and i think that what it is is that that we sometimes are so shocked whenever white people don't act oppressively. Hmm. We are so we are so shocked by that, or we are so shocked. Um, and it comes back to what I was saying about Kansas City, about how nothing happens in Kansas City. So whenever anything of like remote anything happens with with a with a celebrity or something like that, we want to we want to cling to that right. and, and have a little bit of that shine. Well, right. sometimes I think that that for some black people. It's that type of thing, too, where it's like, so you're not denigrating our culture. You're embracing our culture. So then we must embrace you because because mm. so like, you know, we're we're rocking with you because you rock with us. And like and that's cool. Right. Like, I think it's, it's good. It's good to have allies, co-conspirators, whatever the word is that people are using this week for that. I think it's good to have people that we that, you know, yes, they've shown up. They've shown themselves to be working on their on their nonsense and whatever like that's that's great but this idea of then somehow conferring blackness on people in some way kind of almost like as a as a proxy right. it's really it's really weird so then right. in the instance of Travis Kelsey and why what how he connects to all of this is my dude was out here you know again with it with the fade with the with the uh, lineup beard with the earrings with the black scent doing the stanky leg at the Super yep. Bowl yep. all this all this stuff he was dating black women all this all this type of stuff and then it's like, you know, we, people, we are wanting to give him, you know, honorary cookout invites and everything. But then what did he do as soon as he, you know, is going to holla at a white woman? What did, what did he do? Changes the he, whole he's, situation. He's, he's changed up. And, you know, he, yes, he had the, because people, I've seen people be like, well, well, he wears the mustache sometimes uh, right. for training camp or whatever. Boo, training camp's over. We in like, what, week three, week <laughs> right, four right. of we, the, week of three, the thing. Week three, week four, yeah. We, like, we, like, like, training camp has been over. Um, but my right. dude is still out here in his, in his, in his little mustache. He's still out here. His fade ain't faded the way it was. He's not wearing the earrings anymore. I've not, I've right. not seen him. I've not seen him with the earrings um i have not verified this for myself but multiple people from multiple sources have talked about how um his accent has changed on mm. his podcast like people people have compared wow. um where where the black scent is is gone now and so this is a phenomenon and so it really it really is a thing and so it's like we we are inviting people quote unquote to the cookout I'm concerned that we want to invite people to the cookout who, as soon as whatever the situation in their life is, as soon as their circumstances change, they're not necessarily riding with us. They're not necessarily riding with black culture. They're just using black culture as a costume, as a thing, um, as a, as a thing to get cool, to get popular. Yeah. And we, and we see this and, and Travis Kelsey, we're, we're calling him by name, but he is not the only, he's not the first and he's no. nowhere near 
the only and he won't ever he won't be the last to do this. He's just the latest, which is why we're calling it out. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking of when you were talking about Travis Kelsey is one of, you know, when I was getting into more listening to music over the past decade, obviously we saw this massive shift with Justin Timberlake working with Timberland, mm. you know, obviously the, the, the wild stuff that happened at the Super Bowl with Janet Jackson, that was just, you know, so dishonoring to her, you know, just oh my the difference in treatment and outrage. But then also this, this big shift that happens where he becomes, I think man of the woods or something. Yes, comes man out with that of the album. woods, that, that album. And I was like, how do you go from, 2020 experience with Jay-Z and Timbo and then and then you go better though what's like wait what like but no no it's deeper than that though because exactly. whenever whenever Jesso I am an NSYNC fan I, I'm so happy that they have reunited after 20 something years I just want to say that I love JC JC was like he was by everything well, but y'all anyway gonna, y'all gonna get Ali all you these go, pictures you of Ali me, at NSYNC yes, at you, NSYNC yeah, concert yeah child yes I was there I was there I was at I was at the Pop Odyssey tour in 2001 my goodness Um, my, the first place that I went whenever I got my driver's license is I drove to Walmart to buy NSYNC's celebrity album the day that it came out I got my driver's license that day and I bought that album that day so big deep fan whatever but Justin and his and his kind of borrowing appropriation mm-hmm. of black culture mm-hmm. it goes back to his days in in sync it yes. goes back literally to you know him being 13 14 12 13 14 years old in the 90s appropriating appropriating black culture and you know beatboxing um yeah. you know there's there's and and a lot of those boy bands you know a lot of those groups while those white boy band groups and stuff, they actually really pattern themselves off of groups like Jodeci mm-hmm. and Boys to Men. In fact, yeah. there's a there's an old like clip new from edition, like New Edition, edition. Yep, yep. New Edition. You know the 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 OG New Edition. Um, but there's like an old clip that's been circulating from um, the Mickey Mouse Club from from Justin's Mickey Mouse Club days, and it's him and JC and Ryan Gosling and another person, a black. Uh, a black guy that nobody knows. His name was Dale um, Goldbelow. He passed away several years ago. But anyway, they're singing um, a song "Cry for You" by Jody by Jodeci, and they're all singing, and it's all this you know white boy swag trying to right. sing R and B, blue eyed soul, all this stuff. But but Justin's appropriation of black culture goes it's it's way deeper than that, and he profited off of that image of of being you know this this blue eyed soul this blue eye r&b right guy he he profited off of that for 20 years more than 20 years and then all of a sudden he has his man of the woods experience and he's and he's in the flannel and he's in, he's he's in nature he's talking about you know it rains and oh we needed this and like all this stuff like i mean he's all of a sudden like white again so can we talk about this um as it relates to black rhetoric and preaching. Mm-hmm. Because what's so wild about this is I have seen preachers that have spent time with very famous black preachers and then adopted their style. Mm-hmm. And now we have an organ in church. <laughs> when, since when did you have an organ back in you? Like, what, what, since when? Like, since when did you have an organ back in you? Since when did you have... 
uh, breakdowns and, and calling out numbers to the band. Since when did y'all start to rattle when you start to, it's like, wait, what? It's very interesting it's- to me because I'm like, wow, if you're, if you're someone who attends and it's not, some of it is stylistically fits people because they grew up in a certain environment. Mm-hmm. It fits them. Some of them felt like they couldn't be that mm-hmm. because they were in more predominantly white denominations, like mm-hmm. Southern Baptist denominations or what have you. And now they feel like they can because they're non-denominational. Cool. But the problem is now you're sending mixed messages to people when they come. So they're getting, they're getting a taste of a cultural experience, mm-hmm. but they're not getting the theology that undergirds the culture. Okay. So it's like, is it is black preaching? Is it black preaching or is it black influence preaching simply because you hoop? Like simply because you tell you you tell somebody to shout, simply because you tell somebody to to touch their neighbor and say something? Is it because you have an organ? Or is it because underneath all the style you have a theology that values and centers those who are on the margins? Is that what makes it black preaching is not necessarily or black influence preaching, not the stylistic, but actually the theology that undergirds it. Ooh, bloop, 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 bloop. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm just, I, so, I'm just, so I'm going to say something. I'm just, I'm just saying like, that's what, as soon as you said, I was like, you know, I kind of, mm-hmm. there's, there's some, there's some popular there's some, examples of this. So yeah. And you know, I'm going to say something that's probably going to be extraordinarily controversial, but I, but my mouth is not writing a check that my booty can't cash. Cause my booty can cash this check. If we, if we really need it to a lot of white Pentecostal culture, I'm calling mm. that out specifically because that's where a lot of that, a lot of where you see yes. uh, white preachers appropriating black preaching styles. It's not exclusive to Pentecostalism. Cause in fact, I've seen white Catholic people, person oh, see, preach that way even, wow. oh yes i've seen that i will not i will not call i will not call wow, any names wow. yes um it's, it's a very interesting situation but anyway hey everybody this is tyler this is dr jamar tisby and we are excited that you're listening to this episode of pastor mike but let me encourage you to support us you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash pastor mike and for just one dollar an episode just a dollar now that's the bare minimum that's four quarters but if you want to go higher okay, 5, go 10, higher. 15, 20, right. 25 whatever it is that will keep this show going and keep the high quality that hopefully you enjoy so thank you for listening but you can take it to the next level patreon.com slash Pass the mic. We appreciate you. But white Pentecostalism, a lot of white Pentecostalism is appropriation of black culture. And of course, as we know, William Seymour, who was the black one-eyed preacher who was responsible for the Azusa Street revival back in 1906, that was the birth of the Pentecostal movement of the in the United States. It was a cross-cultural movement, people said of it at the time. You know, the color line was washed away in the blood of Jesus, yes. blockity, blockity, blah. Well, the color line was maybe washed away in the blood of Jesus for a little bit, but then, I don't know, the devil came and the color line came back and there were there was a lot of segregation hmm. um, within Pentecostalism, where at first... They were, we, we were worshiping together as one. Um, but then depending upon who you asked, it was either, and you can decide, I'll, I'll tell you what the, what the two sides are and you can decide which, which story you believe. 
but one side tells it as or and it's not and it's not black and white that it's just sides of the of the story tell it that well you know these white people were being so put out of their out of their um, neighborhoods they were being put out of mm-hmm. their social circles and all this other type of stuff for for worshiping with black people and so it was convenient and advantageous and good for them to start their own denominations and to kind of branch off from that black leadership so that's one that's one narrative the other narrative is that some of the white leaders who were in fact ordained by black uh, Pentecostal church leaders decided to start their own denomination because some mm-hmm. of them, a lot of them being even um, from the Southern contingent of certain denominations, decided that they didn't want to follow black leadership. And so they right. started their own thing. So, so the, and, and who tells which of those stories isn't who you think tells right. those stories. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's so. not, so it's not, so it's not a, it's not a black white thing, but those are the two main narratives yeah. that come. But a lot of the culture in a lot of white Pentecostal churches, even if they're maybe singing a little bit of country music or whatever, or their songs have a little bit of a country twang, a lot of the a lot of the preaching style, mm-hmm. a lot of the ex the, the exegetical style, a lot of the um, expository style, all that type of stuff. Some of the call and response. Some of the call yeah, and some, some of the, the call, call and response. response have the, the little praise breaks and stuff that they do is very 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 deeply it's got rooted some in in the black culture that that were things that were um survivals is what scholars call it from african from african culture so are we saying here ali are we saying we need to gatekeep because here's the thing you know people always talk about it negatively like there's gatekeeping within you know special circles of people who aren't in and we're kind of keeping people out and you're like no you need to welcome people in but then when we're talking about culture Whenever culture gets taken and appropriated, what tends to happen is it loses its effectiveness. Mm -hmm. It loses that which is native to it. It loses what gives it its power. Everything from our language, woke, right, of Mm -hmm. course, which we've always talked about. Um, Our styles of music, our expression in worship, um, even just the way in which we we carry ourselves, even the way in which we wear our clothes, even what we say, even our slang, even our aphorisms. Are you saying we just need to gatekeep all that? Are we saying we need to say, nah, let's not. Are we saying we don't need to be easily impressed? Is there anything for us to even do except for just peep game? You know, that's a really good question. So personally, I am pro gatekeeping, but I say that like with there, there's it's a fuller answer than that. The things that belong to us belong to us that and we is. and we need to not give those things away. So the idea of of giving people a black card or or giving people invitations to the cookout there's it gets into like this ownership and possession type stuff which first of all like I I'm, I'm not even going to go down there down that trail cuz that that's a whole other podcast episode but this idea that we can give people our blackness is kind of mm. weird and especially whenever especially whenever it's like we're giving people stuff that they will readily steal you're not giving them something you're not if somebody stole something from you you're not giving it to Hmm. them you can reframe it that way you can you can recast it that that way it's the only time in my life that i'll that i will ever quote anything from lame is rob because i hate that show um i'm sorry to everybody who loves lame is um but there's but there's a part where where jean valjean he goes into the the church he steals some of the the church's communion stuff or whatever and he goes because it's gold he's goes or silver he's goes and he's gonna sell it 
Well, then the um, priest comes out and is like, who gets caught. And so the priest comes out and is like, oh, you know, you took like our candlesticks. You forgot to take this and this and this too. And so it was like he was giving him this thing so he could go and not get arrested and he could go and sell it. And then, you know, Jean Valjean becomes rich or whatever. But but so sometimes, so like we we aren't like that where it's like, okay, you are stealing something and then we're going to be like, okay, y'all, well, you can just go ahead and have it any anyway. I mean, you can do that, but that's not the case. Like oftentimes we're giving people invites to the cookout whenever they have already hopped over the fence and have come and have, and have made themselves a full, a full plate and have sat down and like are putting raisins in their potato salad. They've invited themselves. They've, they've, they've invited, they've invited themselves. So you're not really giving anybody anything, but that's, but that's tangential. That's off topic. But I, but the reason why I say like gatekeeping is a, is a thing that we need to do is because our, our culture is, is ours. It's, it's, it's our, our, our speech, our, um, our aphorisms, our, our songs, all that type of stuff. These things are, are ours. These things are things that we have used to survive and to overcome and to encourage one another. And so then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to then just kind of say, okay, well, anybody can have those things. Anybody can use and misappropriate those things and fundamentally misunderstand where they, where they come from. So there's an aspect of, you know, I understand, and this is and this is where the nuance comes in is that there is a difference between exchange and appropriation exactly and exactly. so it's it's different if you know somebody so I'll use my my own life my own my own family as an example so as a lot of y'all know I'm married to a white man um we have been together for 21 years we have lived in the same house together for 18 of those 21 of those 21 years. There is some exchange that has taken place, but my husband is not a cookout white. No, he does not. He he has, he is not y'all like, like, you know, you, you've met, you've met him. He, he, dresses the way that he dresses and it's like a white man who sometimes is part hobbit it's part like but like oh you're from you like you're from middle earth like you got your little you got your little like hat your little suspenders or whatever he he doesn't wear suspenders i try to get him to wear the suspenders but he doesn't do that but it's like okay you know that's that's your that's your style he's not trying to he's not getting the lineup in fact he went to the barber shop one time in our neighborhood and came back i remember you told us about this and he was just like oh my he was he wasn't expecting Expecting it, but they gave him like a lineup and stuff, and he yeah, was not expecting. They gave him a little fade. They gave him a little. They gave him a little part, little little with yeah, up his part, beard. Everything it, I it said. Was, I was like, I was like, oh, so you you trying to get to the cookout now? And he was like, the the barber just did this. I didn't <laughs> I didn't ask for this, but it was so but it was so out of character for him. But like over the past twenty one years, there's been some exchange that's mm-hmm. happened in our household. So you know, for example. Um, this is like a terrible example, but like I have kids, I have little kids. I say poop now. I don't say doo-doo. I used right, to say, I grew right. up saying, I grew up saying doo-doo. I grew up yeah, calling content it. Content warning. Content, content warning. I grew up calling it doo-doo. Now, now I, now I say poop. Um, my husband never has you never, you know, there are phrases, there are, there are turns of phrases, there are things that he will say. They'll just look at it and be like, oh, really? She was acting a fool? And, and he'll be uh, like, because uh, uh, he'll, he'll say, like, yeah, 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 you know, Ezra was acting a fool. Whatever. I'm like, 
oh really she was she was acting a fool and then he realizes that oh he says something that I like usually say in a yes. turn of phrase that I yes. usually have so there's so there's just that natural exchange that happens just from having a relationship with mm-hmm. people having a relationship mm-hmm. with a, with a community and that's healthy I think like that's you know I've always thought that the ways in which we exchange culture with people is there to show them and display to them that there's more to the world mm-hmm. than your own experience. Mm-hmm. And there's more beauty in the world yes. than just simply what you have experienced and the boundaries of your experience. But your experience too has value and meaning. So find out and discover your experience. Exactly. You don't have to take our experience and use it to mean something for your for you as your personhood to mean something. You, you can find your own experience. Exactly. And you have your own experience. And that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And embrace your own experience and love it and, you know, cherish it. Cherish the good in your heritage. That's amazing. Do mm-hmm. that. But you don't have to then take ours and then pass it off as your own or become us mm-hmm. in order to have value in and of yourself. And so I think that the, the culture that we have is, is designed to show people that there's more to the world it's, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. And you shouldn't be close-minded to that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't need to use ours. Get your own recipes. Like, you don't exactly. have to use ours. Get your own sauce. Like, it's cool. Like, and I, think, I think that the inverse of that is that we don't have to also be so quick to give to, to give, give ourselves yeah. away. Like, there are people that have their own unique ways of interacting with the world, of seeing the world, of viewing the world. It's one thing to share that. And I think that, you know, Black people, we... we we are so good at sharing. Um, we're almost too good at sharing hmm. at sharing stuff sometimes. But there's again, it's one thing to share. It's one thing to invite people in as if they're you know they're part of your community, they're part of your life, they're part of your whatever. And there's that natural exchange. That's a, that's totally different. And the reason why I say like we need to we need to gatekeep, we need to pay attention to what we're doing. There are things, there are conversations that you know the most the most intimate relationship that I that I have. I, there are things that I just say like that, like this is black culture stuff. So like, I'm not, mm-hmm. so like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have this conversation with you. Like I'm explaining, you know, something's going on in the news or whatever. I'm explaining it to you, but I'm only going to explain it up to a point because there's some things that like, that you don't need to know. Yeah. Like there, there, yeah. there's some, there's some yeah. issues that just like, this isn't, this isn't yours. What are, what are you even going to do with this knowledge? There's no, there's no, there's no function to unpacking it this deeply to going into it this deep with you. So I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do that. Um, and so I think that there's, that there's veracity to making sure that we don't give too much away. And it's not, and, and I want to make sure that I don't sound like it's this weird kind of like anti anybody who isn't black, anti whatever, but it's more of a, I see it from more of a, from more of a perspective of, of honoring and mm-hmm. of preserving that we, that we honor and dignify ourselves and our culture. Yeah. That we see that we see certain things as, as important as it, I hesitate to use the word sacred, but maybe sacred is maybe there is an aspect yeah, of sure. of sacredness to it. Sacrosanct maybe is a is a better word. But there are some things that we just say. You know, we're just not going to easily 
just part with these yeah. things because they could be misused. They could be misappropriated, divorced from their context. It just doesn't feel or sound or whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and and the whole purpose of this podcast is to preserve conversation and dialogue and cultural expression like that, mm-hmm. which is, which is to say on past the mic, we are not obsessed with explaining for outsiders peering in what we mean when we say what we mean. Mm-hmm. Rather, we're we are convinced that we have to stay true to our own expression and our own uh, cultural identification and our own dialogue and the way in which we talk and the edginess that we have and what we say that that other people like. I would never say that. People say that all the time. Like I would never say what you said. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. It's not for you, mm-hmm. and that's okay. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. In the part that you can glean from, glean from. Or listen and say, I don't understand. And that's fine. You don't have to send us an email saying you don't understand. Right. It's okay. Like we under, we, we completely get it. But this space is for black Christian expression. And this space is designed to preserve that as something that is valuable and precious. And you can get your own. You, you create your own cookout. Listen, create your own cookout. Do your own picnic, potluck, whatever you feel like you need to do. We just ain't got no advice for you. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Get your casserole. Do like, you do, do what you do. do? Do your casserole. But you're not going to find any here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Travis. It's, it's, it's none over here. None over here from us. <laughs>